0: How's everybody doing today? We're back once again with the Smartcast Wrestling Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Kev. How you doing today, Kev?
1: Doing okay. Uh, dealing with this hurricane right now. The wind just started picking up outside. You know, luckily it's moving east enough where we shouldn't get anything too rough. They're forecasting like 30 mile per hour wind. But um, other than that, yeah, I'm just hoping I don't lose power. Um, how you doing over there?
0: pretty good um you know my area got cleared for the kona concern with hurricane dorian but you know i know you guys are about to potentially you know have the storm hit so i definitely wish you all the best definitely hope you stay safe especially little olive we want to make sure kevin's pup olive remains safe she's absolutely adorable but uh yeah man definitely hope you guys in central and northern florida stay as safe as possible
1: Yeah, luckily, we're not inside the cone anymore. Uh, Before it was going to come directly at us. But now it's out of category two. And it's, um, you know, it shouldn't stick around too, too long. It's supposed to pick up speed now. So um, we're probably just going to get some wind and some rain. But I'm just like I said, I'm just hoping we keep power because it's getting really hot outside now. So that's all I'm hoping for
0: definitely i mean losing power is definitely one of the worst situations but yeah i wish you all the best up there in regards to that but how is everybody doing today thank you for tuning in uh we had a great weekend in wrestling i mean you know we're, we're really now in that time heading into wwe getting their fox deal AEW going on to television uh this past weekend we had nxt uk takeover cardiff which was an incredible card and an incredible show and we also actually had what everybody has been waiting for, pretty much all year, all out AEW's biggest show of 2019 by far. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to put into words having both shows, let alone on the same day, and they were back to back because you had NXT Takeover UK uh, Cardiff earlier in the day around like 2 p.m. Eastern time, and then you know just to move into the nighttime and have all out. It was a jam packed day for all wrestling fans, and this is more so if you ask me. This is for like real core wrestling fans, like the people who really like tune in to watch, uh, because this wasn't actually full blown mainstream shows, and yet if you ask me, we had two very high quality shows, and we're going to kick this uh, reaction show off with NXT Takeover uh, Cardiff, NXT UK Takeover Cardiff at that. And the first match on the card was uh, Noam Dar versus Travis Banks. And Noam Dar was able to pick up the victory in this one. Uh, I know we didn't do a prediction show, but I was actually hoping that Noam Dar would win this. He's a phenomenal young wrestler. You know, Travis Banks also, let me say this, Travis Banks is also just as great. Uh, He had a very good amount of momentum heading into this match. But I think that's where Noam Dar benefits is because Noam Dar is full of talent and him picking up this victory was a great start to the show. It wasn't, you know, as hard hitting as a first match as you would probably hope, but I definitely enjoyed this match. How about you, Kev? I
1: also enjoyed this match. It wasn't the match of the night for me or anything like that, but it was just a fine uh, first match. I think it did its job. Uh, The crowd was definitely into it. So it worked. I would say that Travis Banks hasn't exactly caught on for me, but at the same time, I haven't watched too much for him. I watch NXT UK here and there. It's I started watching it when it first uh, came out, but they started doing like two episodes per week. So anytime, like how they would normally come out with like NXT with the taping this time with NXT UK, they would come out with two episodes per week at the same time. So it was like a bit much to keep up with at first, but then he started doing uh, once a week and I, I only was investing in like some of the matches. So um, overall this pay-per-view was like a good, for someone who is like not keeping up with it every single week and just kind of checks in, I think it had a really nice balance of like not having to be fully invested into, sh- into this show, but um, into the UK show in general, but also being able to follow the takeover with no problem. So I think this job, I mean, this uh, match did its purpose. Norm Dar, I'm a big fan of because of Two Hundred Five Live. Um, I watched Two Hundred Five Live actually a little more consistently, and definitely back in the day when Noam Dar was wrestling more on there before UK. So I was a fan of this match, and Noam Dar did his uh, did his thing.
0: Yeah, and I, I got to say, honestly, from the moment he was on 205 Live till now, he I mean, he was already in great shape. You see him now, he looks like he's in even better shape, and he's young as can be, so like it, his potential is through the roof at this point. So I wish him all the best, and I think this was a perfect victory for him to pick up, especially over a guy like Travis Banks. Uh, but, you know, the next match was a little more fun, if you ask me. Cesaro, the whole week, was teasing going out to NXT TakeOver – and saying he wants to check what's going on over there, you know, in UK. And he went on over there, issued an open challenge. And I I know I'm definitely going to butcher his first name, but Ilja Dragunov was able to, uh, you know, answer the call. And him and Cesaro went at it. And, you know, I mean, as expected, I'm sure a lot of people expected this, but Cesaro picked up the victory. But this match honestly set off the beginning of the fireworks for me throughout the entire show. I thought this was a phenomenal physical match. Cesaro looked extremely intense and I liked it because it seemed like he cranked it from 10 to 11 because he's been very hard hitting on Raw and SmackDown, but this match actually seemed like he was way more convincing with the strikes he was throwing, the moves he was conducting, and I really liked how he was able to, you know, project his style into this match and I think Dragonov was a perfect opponent. Now the thing is this I would love to honestly see them go at it one more time, maybe in a longer match, because I want to say this match was honestly perfectly timed because of the fact that this was an open challenge. Um, but Cesaro versus Dragonov, I think would be another great match to follow up on. Maybe not immediately, but somewhere down the line, I think it would be great for them to wrestle each other. And the other thing with Cesaro is I kind of hope he sticks around a little more in UK or at least makes more appearances in it, because one, I mean, he's from Europe. Um, and then two I think he matches up a lot better with some of the competition in the UK division for NXT than he would in WWE or regular NXT I think there's a lot of phenomenal matchups that we could see with Cesaro I mean like I think Cesaro versus one of the coffee brothers or Dave Mastiff Walter Tyler Bate you know any of these guys would be someone phenomenal for Cesaro to go at
1: Yeah, so I also like the Cesaro match. Totally agree with what you said there. That's also where it picked up for me. It really started to take this, I guess you can call it pay-per-view, into the next gear. This is when it really started to get the feel of a a true takeover. Um, Cesaro really kicked it up a notch on this one it seems like they give him a little bit of freedom to work with this match um i thought even it's so weird how just a different setting could really change your perspective on the presentation of a wrestler uh with cesaro on the main roster with that theme music that he has a lot of people are kind of down on it and they kind of think it's lackluster but when he's in a more packed room with a passionate crowd and he's on his way to kick someone's ass that you know that he's going to dominate in the match Um, that entrance works so much better. And I, I just thought like, just from the entrance alone, we knew that we were in for like something different with Cesaro. And he really, man, I I can't, I can't praise this match enough. This was nearly a perfect match for me. Um, did his thing as well, but Cesaro was the star for me personally. Um, I wouldn't mind another rematch. Uh, they don't need a rematch per se. I think Cesaro can move on and do other things. I would love for Cesaro though, to stick around in NXT UK, a lot more and I mean you can obviously do him versus Cassius Sono. you can do him versus anyone who's the NXT UK champion because that's someone who can hold that title make it relevant and it kind of elevates each other uh Cesaro can elevate the title and the title can elevate Cesaro um so yeah I, I I would love to see more Cesaro overall in NXT UK
0: well, there's two things you pointed out here that I want to bring up. First, I'll bring this part up. It's kind of out of order for me. But the first thing I'll bring up, you mentioned Cassius Ono. I would love to see them go at it. But I would also love to see them reunite as a tag team because before they were both in WWE or NXT, they were actually tag partners on the indie circuit. So I would love to see them reunite as a tag team because I think that would be a great tag team, especially on the fact that Cassius Ono has been over more so on NXT UK than he has been on regular NXT TV. Now, with that being said, the second thing you mentioned, you said it seems a lot easier to grasp when you have a crowd that's fully invested into the show. Let's take a second to commend the UK crowd uk crowds are honestly by far and this is now my official opinion uk crowds are by far the best in all of wrestling let's never take that away from them because from the first match to the last match these fans were on top of their shit with energy they were killing it and i really love to see that passion in the crowd because sometimes when you do not have a passionate crowd you don't have a passionate product And then your product just doesn't go over the way you expect it to. It could be a five-star match. But with that being said, if your crowd's not involved in it, it's not going to feel like it is. So that's a big problem because you and I have seen plenty of times on WWE TV recently where two wrestlers will give their A game and put on a great match, but the crowd is just not there. And it takes away from the match. And it sucks because great wrestlers could lose credibility because of the fans' reactions. And that's not fair to them. But in this case, on the NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff card, that crowd was by far one of the best crowds I have ever seen.
1: Yeah, they really were. They they had a ton of energy. One of the loudest crowds. And I mean, that's comparing it to other TakeOver crowds that are already extremely loud as it is. This was in particular... Out of the already loud UK crowds, this was one of the loudest I've ever heard, honestly, that I can remember. This was definitely out there. Um, Like you said, I agree. They're just some of the the most passionate fan base, and it does elevate the product overall so you kind of need each other you need both the wrestlers and the crowd to feed off of each other and i feel like sometimes the the matches that we see on even like smackdown something like mustafa ali versus buddy murphy those matches should be considered way higher up in the scale when you're talking about matches of the year or like uh just overall great quality matches but then it, it doesn't you know the crowd doesn't exactly match up to it when you got that bigger room uh that's not as filled up and you got that lackluster crowd because they don't have a stack Crap. They don't have a stack card from front to back That they can fully invest in uh, That's why these takeover pay-per-views are so great Because uh, they just don't lose the energy They're able to keep it going And even when they do have a, a slower moment in At some point in the event They're able to pick up the crowd right back up So it, it works out really nicely
0: yeah, and the highlight of the crowd in this show honestly was during the tag match which is the next match we're going to bring up you had flash morgan webster and mark andrews officially become the new champions they defeated zach gibson and drake uh, james drake and they also defeated mark Coffey and wolfgang i let me tell you all three of these tag teams were phenomenal and i really am now a huge fan of zach gibson and james drake because some of the moves they were conducting as a team it's like they've been really like working together for a long time and if i'm not mistaken they're more of a newer tag team right uh because if i'm not also mistaken both of these guys were singles competitors last time i really tuned into nxt uk but watching them as a tag team has been phenomenal and just to kind of throw it out there for everybody i haven't really gotten to watch this show top to bottom in a thorough sense i really got to watch it one time you know here and there in passing Kevin really got to tune into this show more so than I have, uh, but when I tuned into this match, this match was really incredible. It hit all kinds of peaks from hard-hitting action with Mark Coffey and Wolfgang to high-flying with Flash Morgan and Mark Andrews, and then just great tag work with Zach Gibson and James Drake. I This may have been my favorite match of the night, um, but how did you feel about it?
1: Oh, man, this match was not only one of my favorite matches of the night, top two for sure. Um, It it was one of my favorite tag matches I've ever seen. Uh, This is probably, since I can remember, I think this is my favorite tag match since the, and I can't remember the exact takeovers. They kind of blend in sometimes for me, but the NXT takeover where um, where Sanity won the tag tag team championships um, ever since that match this is my favorite match since that um, this was just on another level the crowd was eating it alive they just they, they, lo- they, they were eating it up and this match was just something else so um, Mark Andrews that's someone who I have been following for a while now um, love Mark Andrews always thought he's super talented and I'm, I'm really glad that he's now starting to get the reactions that he's deserved I always knew that this is a guy who just needs to break out for it and once he does Once he really gets the the proper stage, he can show everyone – really how much he can go uh flash morgan webster one time he showed up on nxt I'm, I'm sorry on 205 live and um it was when the when wwe was in the uk and i think this was before they actually had their uk division or they might have had the uk division but they didn't have the uh, nxt uk uh, the tapings already going um and airing so when i saw flash morgan webster at first i didn't really like, get his thing and i think it was just like the match he was in he didn't get a lot of time to really show off what he can do but man as a team they really work so well to the point where i really could see them becoming one of the greatest tag teams honestly in in all of wrestling because they have just synchrony that that i don't see uh synchronization that i don't see from anyone else uh, and and well I, you know i could see them like maybe in like the usos but they're just a, a totally different style from like the usos right they have just more flips and Overall, just a different style and approach on everything. It's just their own thing, and I, I'm totally into it. Um, you know, you don't even need to be into their gimmicks or anything like that. You can – on the wrestling alone, they carry a match so beautifully. And seriously, uh, they they are going to become, in my opinion, like one of the top dogs in the entire wrestling world. Um just give them some time to really show uh, more of what they can do, because I think they were just scratching the surface with that match. Um, With that being said, um, Zach Gibson and James Drake, you know, before this match, I wasn't like too into them. Uh, I was, I thought James Drake was cool, but Zach Gibson, just like, he was just like the, the dick heel to me. He wasn't like really doing much for me. I was like, all right, you know, I was kind of like indifferent towards him, but man, like they really showed what they can do in this match. This was my favorite match I've ever seen from them. Um, and then Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, you know, Mark Coffey to me is just like kind of uh, the big guy. So he does what he does. He serves his purpose. He's he's the, the me. He just is the powerhouse of that. And I mean, Wolfgang is also a powerhouse, of course. But the thing is, to me, Wolfgang is so much more versatile. And I think he's really slept on as well. Um, Wolfgang really can go and i i've seen him before in other matches uh just as a singles competitor how good wolfgang is so man i I gotta i I gotta give it though to mark andrews and flash webster because it's like they just they turned it around a hundred percent they like they they were going from from getting like no crowd reactions to like being one of the one of the most hyped matches i've ever seen so i mean like congrats to them and i want to see more of what they can do and it was Obviously, the right call to make them the champions. I figured when they came out to that crowd and that they were in their hometown that they were going to win the tag team
0: champions. Oh, and that team. that crowd for those two were through the freaking roof. And I think you said it best, right? So I I actually knew about Mark Andrews back in 2016 when he was Drews in Impact Wrestling, and he was like a pre-show card wrestler. And I remember like seeing him and thinking like, all right, well this guy has some potential. And then he like disappeared off of Impact Wrestling. And next thing you know, he shows up during the NXT Takeover. Um, I'm sorry, the NXT UK tournament. And I think he was also in the Cruiserweight tournament, wasn't he? I don't yeah, know. At who, least so. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, he shows up in both of those. And I thought, okay, now he has a stage where his kind of talent can shine. Then NXT UK really starts up and it's just kind of like very lackluster with him. It's like he plateaued. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Then, it's like you said, he gets into this tag team, and it's like they both rejuvenated each other's career because I didn't feel Flash Morgan Webster's gimmick was really going over for him as far as with the U.S. crowd, but I think pairing him with Mark Andrews, they complement each other's style because they both have these two very different but similar rock and roll styles. And they just complement each other so perfectly. So it is well-deserved that they did win these titles. And I'm glad that, you know, they were the ones that went over in this case. But if you ask me, none of these teams lost anything in this match. They only gained credibility and they put on the tag team world by storm pretty much as far as the UK goes.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's like you said, they they just took it to another level. Mark Andrews and Flashmore Webster. I don't know what it is with them. There's just something about them that they're they're just like magic when they wrestle together. They, like I said, I would love to even see them on main roster. And I know that everyone like complains that they don't know how to use the main roster tag team, but I seriously like I think they could even do so well in the mainstream world uh, in wrestling. That's just how good they are. I, I really think they'll surprise people
0: absolutely and then the next match i thought may have been the most brutal match the last man standing match joe coffee versus dave mastiff and joe coffee picked up the victory i honestly wanted dave mastiff to win but i was not upset at all with the result of this match this match exceeded expectations in my opinion i thought this was going to be a very underwhelming last man standing match but it was actually great from them removing the turnbuckle to using pull cues and so on I really enjoyed this match, um, and I think both of these guys complemented each other well because they're two very big, hard-hitting, strong guys. But at the same time, you know they're still very athletic for big guys, and that's the good thing about these big UK guys—is that they hit like heavyweights, but they could move as if you know they could compete with the cruiserweights. Not saying that they were doing any flips and stuff like that, but like their speed and agility and the way that they conduct their move sets. I really liked it a lot. It wasn't my favorite match of the night, but definitely was a great in between match leading toward the main events.
1: Yeah, like you said, I think this was a good in between match. It wasn't a match of the night or anything like that, but uh, it was fine. I, I-, I enjoyed it. Uh, Dave Mastiff. I-, I haven't been too into before this. I've watched his matches, but just wasn't doing it for me. Um, and I don't know what it was, but it's, for some reason, his presentation this match. It seemed more put together. It seems like they're really starting to, like, kind of—he's starting to find his footing, I think. And really with his look, too, even when he comes out, he's starting to look uh, more—less green, I guess I could say. Um, And Joe Coffey, I mean, there's, like—I don't know how how close he is with him, but I just get the vibe that he's, like, a Triple H guy, where, like, Triple H really, really sees a lot of potential in him and, like, one day will make him uh, NXT UK champion. Um, so I think we're, we just want, we need to see more of Joe Coffey on his own. Uh, it's great that he's in, I think Gallus is the name of his faction. Um, it's, and that's a cool faction and everything. Don't get me wrong, but I think he is the star of that faction. And I do think you do want to go in that direction putting him in singles matches, because I think he's such a good, uh, like villain and he has just this unique body and build to him that's like no other and I, I don't know i just want to see more of what he can do i would love to see like a, an even stronger style from him um you know less of like uh using weapons and stuff like that i want to see more of just like a, a, a raw hard hitting match with him um so yeah i mean joe, joe coffee i think uh, has a lot of potential too
0: and I think he would be someone that could face off well against Walter because he has these heel vibes to him. But I feel he would go over with the crowd against a guy like Walter because Walter is just very, I'm here to win and that's all. I'm not here to entertain you. And then you have Joe Coffey who is actually very entertaining even though he's currently like a heel role. I think he would be great though to put up against Walter and that would be a matchup worth watching Because that would be a very convincing match if he were to take the belt off of Walter. Even though, you know, we've seen other people who could have potentially taken the belt off Walter, I think he would be very suiting for that. And let alone you'd be putting a new guy up there because, you know, we could go through the same old Tyler Bate, Peter Dunn routine, but I think Joe Coffey would be someone good if you're not going with someone like a Cesaro or someone else, uh, because, now that you know it's not Tyler Bate, what's going to happen? But we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the next match, in my opinion, was the most underwhelming match on the card. And I hate to say it because I know it's the only women's match, but I did have a little higher, a bit higher expectations for this match. I really wanted Tony Storm to defeat Kaylee Ray, but Kaylee Ray ended up picking up the victory and is the new champion. I still don't know how to feel about this match. Didn't really feel anything about this match in all honesty, which was sad to say because I really enjoy Tony Storm as a wrestler, but how'd you feel?
1: Uh, pretty similar. It's like you said, I hate to say it because it's the women's match of the show, but the reason why um, I thought this was the weakest show is because I think Tony Storm should have won this match. There is no reason why she should have dropped that title. I don't know why they chose Kaylee Ray to be the one to take it off of Tony Storm. You have a huge roster of women across NXT. You could have brought someone over from NXT if you didn't have someone from NXT UK who was ready for that title. Um, I mean, you could have gone with someone like Candice LeRae. You could have gone with, I mean, you already did Rear Rip so, but that was a, a great choice right there, but there's tons of women that you could have gone with. You could have gone with Dakota Kai, um, whenever she's ready to return, which I think is soon. There, there's so, so many women who aren't being utilized to the fullest potential. Uh, that could have that could have, they could,
0: they could afford to take a loss too, is the biggest part.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. Kaylee Ray, I thought would be someone who could elevate Tony Storm's run. On top of that, I just I didn't think she's the one to take the title. I don't think it's her time. Um, I, I This was not a performance I was impressed with. Uh, Tony Storm I think should get that title back, or if they if they want to kind of try to undo the mistake there, I think it's a mistake that Tony dropped it, and I think she should get it back soon if they want to kind of undo that. But who knows what they'll do with that? Um, I just think that they've been so uh, NXT UK in particular, they've been doing such a good job with protecting their titles and only letting those who are really deserving uh, and who can elevate the title, hold those titles. They did such a great job with uh, the, just the NXT UK championship and the first two champions of the women's title, Rhea Ripley and uh, Tony storm. I think they were great champions to hold the title. And now this kind of like, I think it lowers it down a little bit if I'm being quite honest. So um, hopefully they have something good planned. I think they do. I have faith in them, you know? Um, And I think we'll see something, really good i just don't think kaylee ray should have a long uh, title run with this one it's not her time it just isn't and until she she proves that uh she can really go uh you know uh, that's just gonna be my opinion on that
0: yeah and honestly we'll leave it at that because you and i we could definitely rant about that for a little bit but we'll leave that match at that let's just hope for the best in the future uh because if there's one thing we could say is that we could trust the nxt brand to come back from this they've done it before so i do have faith they could do it again but on to the main event You had Walter versus Tyler Bate. We kind of already hinted at it before, but Walter did retain the championship and he defeated Tyler Bate. But this match was incredible. It was almost, I want to say, like 45 minutes to an hour long. Um, It was just great from top to bottom. And to see the crowd come back to life into the main event was one of the best parts because I felt they elevated this match up. Now, before we move on to All Out, I want to say the one thing that NXT UK TakeOver probably had over All Out, aside from maybe a couple of matches, was the crowd. The UK crowd is just undeniable, and I think they really cranked this match up to be the match that it was. Um, but with that being said, this match w- was once again phenomenal. Walter per- putting on another great performance. I loved how ruthless he was in this match, and I love I love when Tyler Bate, being the young guy that he is, he's always the underdog pretty much because he's only what, like 21 years old. So, with that being said, a lot of people always just, you know, consider him to be the underdog. I love that he adapts to that role so well and that it plays into so much emotion during the actual match. And it just works perfectly with a guy like Walter. So, I really like this match. This. Not my personal match of the night. It was the second personal match of the night. For me, I really loved the TakeOver uh, tag team match. But this main event was still nonetheless, if you were to ask me, it it was pretty damn near perfect.
1: Yep. I'm totally with you on that. Walter was something else because Walter... You know, you look at him and you think before you, you watch him wrestle, is this going to be just another big guy where it's like a big show? Not, and don't don't get me wrong, Big Show's a legend. I grew up watching Big Show, and uh, Big Show was like the main heel for a long time where I was growing up watching. Um, so, so I love Big Show, but like just the th- that's kind of become the cliche that like these bigger wrestlers nowadays can't really go. And Walter just fucking throws that out the window. He really showed up tonight, and. I mean, he just has that – on top of the whole presence that he has, he just backs it up on top of that with his moveset and how diverse he is for such a big guy. And he just oh, – it's everything. His presentation, his look, uh, down to the fact that, like, um, his his music is, is so intimidating. The crowd is so invested into him when he walks out. They all sing to his music. I mean, they've really done something. They, they've, I think they really, really uh, struck magic with Walter. Then you have Tyler Bray, uh, Tyler Bate, who is this super young guy um, who kills it in the tag team division. But really, I think this is a guy that you need to keep as a singles guy because this is a guy who you can really have go to the top. Walter and Tyler Bate are both two guys that seriously – I don't see why they should not be universal champion one day. Each of them, Um, they, they have everything it takes seriously. um, Tyler Bay. I want to see him uh, do his thing in NXT UK, but transition into the mainstream world because he is undeniably good. He is, really one of the best and like a lot of people forget that when we say one of the best we tend to forget tyler Bay a lot of the time but really i mean this guy blows everyone's expectations every time um you know and i i just didn't it's almost like he's one of those guys that like i didn't want to love him as much as i do because he just wasn't i was like oh you know not my style like the whole like Uh, The mustache thing—that's not like I don't know. That's just like not my—I don't know if it's like humor or style or anything like that. I just like the the old timey look. I'm just like "Eh, whatever. But he's so undeniably good that I don't care. Like I I seriously want to see. He needs to have that title at one point once again. But I think this was the right call having Walter win. I wouldn't have it any other way. I think that was genius that they had walter win this match and i don't think Tyler Bay should win it just now because i think there's a lot more in a longer chase with him even though he's had the title before um i want to see him down the line win this title again and then from there move on to bigger and better things whether it be the nxt championship whether it be uh, a mid card i mean sorry uh, um, a main roster championship something but i just want to see him go even further because the, the sky's the limit with him and walter
0: Yeah, And I think with Walter, the biggest thing is you need to keep building him on the fact that he's still undefeated in NXT UK. So I think they do need to still build on that. And you're right. They did make the right call in allowing that to continue and that Tyler Bate down the line should absolutely get another shot, but this time be victorious, whether it's against Walter or somebody else. Um, Yeah, And also, I just want to
1: add, um, because you had mentioned this before, Cesaro versus Walter, I think is a match that needs to happen at some point. And I could even see Cesaro being the one to take the title off of Walter. I wouldn't mind Cesaro being the one to beat Walter's undefeated streak. Um, Or
0: or even if it's like Cesaro winning it in a non-title contest, and then Walter wins it in the actual title contest. Something like that even would work for me.
1: Yeah, because that, that's someone who can convincingly beat Walter. Not that Tyler Bate can't convincingly beat Walter. I, In fact, I think one day, much further down the line, they should have this match again, maybe with some different circumstances. Maybe something like a hell in a cell. Something crazy, I think, would be a lot of fun with them. And I think that's when you can have Tyler Bate win way down the line. But Walter is someone who could seriously be a Vince guy. That's That can almost be your new Andre Um I mean, th- this guy is like on an, on a whole another level though. I mean, this is, this is the new era almost of Andre. This is, um, a whole, cause like you, you, don't see a guy going this big besides like Keith Lee, which is, but that's a whole different ball game with Keith Lee. Um, that's you know, actually that's a, a different- dream match
0: right there. Keith Lee. versus oh, yeah. Walter. That would be a match. I would love to see
1: now. See, that's what I think that's like a WrestleMania main event match down the years down the line. I think that could, they could totally do that. Well, we'll get that. Who knows? Um, but see, there's, there's just so much with this new talent. And I. I I don't mean to say new as if they haven't been around a long time. I just mean new in the sense to WWE.
0: Yeah, because WWE is not used to having this kind of style on them or having at least this much true talent in all different areas. They used to only develop talent if they were like big and strong guys. Now it's like you have all kinds of different, you know, versatile styles. And thinking about like a Keith Lee versus a Walter matchup, I know what you mean in saying that that's like a main event caliber match because it is. Well, I think it would get to the main event of WrestleMania? Probably not, but I know what you mean because the quality of the match itself could be put onto that kind of card. And if it were to be, you know, rather 80,000 true fans that definitely understand the product versus, you know, 80,000 fans and, you know, 40 to 50,000 of them just being general wrestling fans would go over a long way versus, you know, the standard that we're used to. Um, But yeah, that would be one hell of a matchup.
1: Yeah. So overall, I, I loved this pay per view. Um, I I can't I can't praise it enough. I didn't see it coming. I was just gonna check in with this pay per view just to kind of check it out, maybe watch a couple matches. I ended up watching the whole thing pretty much, and I, I loved it. Um, one of my favorite events of the year. I'm really really blown away. Um, and so so how do, how do you feel about it as a whole?
0: So. Me personally, I'd probably have to rate this one like an 8 out of 10, maybe 8.5, honestly. like I really enjoyed it. I think there were a few spots that could have definitely been a little better. I may honestly give it a 9, actually, because I may be uh, being a little too harsh, um, but I would definitely give it like an eight and a half nine. It was definitely a phenomenal pay-per-view nonetheless, and I did enjoy it. Even though I don't tune into this show every single week, I really enjoyed it nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to give it a 9 out of 10 because it, one, blew my expectations out of the water. Uh, Two, just with the three matches with the Walter versus Bates-Cesaro, the Cesaro match, and the Mark Andrews-Flash Morgan-Webster match, those three alone carried that entire night for me. I mean, and that's so impressive when just three matches... Can just really make a pay-per-view stand out so much. So yeah, for me, it's a nine out of 10.
0: Actually, I want to say, I think the crowd solidifies it at a nine for me. I got to give the credit where it's due to that crowd once again. So I'm going to give them a flat out nine out of 10. Sounds good. So let's move on to All Out. I was actually here in person at All Out. I was in Chicago. I was with Coach Jay of the Wrestling Burrito. We had a freaking blast, man. Let me tell you, AEW knows how to put on pretty much a party, if I had to say it. They had an outside, like, beer garden party before the show. And there were wrestlers already outside of there having, like, a little, you know, hoorah. They had um Frank the Clown, who's, what's her name? Uh, Noelle Foley's boyfriend. You had Brian Cage, Flip Gordon, and all these guys, you know, having a dunk tank with him. They had, like, dj set up, food trucks everywhere. So it was a great time, you know, before the show even started. You start walking in. And pretty much all eleven thousand people were already lined up, waiting to get into the arena before the doors even opened up, and the energy was already there. There were chants starting, people with signs, you know, causing havoc. It it was from top to bottom before the show even started, a phenomenal event. And then the buy-in started. It kind of started. Well, no, 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 no. Let me actually take it back. It did start with a great match because you had Private Party uh, versus Jack Evans and Angelico, and Private Party picked up that victory. I thought that that match was incredible. I know you didn't get to watch the buy-in, um, but I definitely recommend that you go back and you get to watch that. And then we had the Women's Casino Battle Royal. That was a little underwhelming, that match. I got to say that. Nyla Rose did take the victory. There were a couple spots here and there that were all right, uh, such as like the Dr. Britt Baker going at uh, Baya Priestley. At one and they let their, you know, little feud escalate a little further. You had the debuts of Mercedes Martinez, Tenille Dashwood, or Emma, as we know her from WWE, even made an appearance. Jazz made an appearance. So I thought there was a lot of potential with that match, but it definitely did not live up to the hype that they tried bringing to it. Um, But let's move on to the actual show itself. So to start off the show, we had SCU versus Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. I enjoyed this match for a six man match. It wasn't the best six man match. Um, And SCU picked up the victory. I wanted them to actually win. Uh, You know, I predicted them to win in the prediction show that we held because I think they needed some momentum heading onto TV because they're going to be some of the bigger personalities that AEW has being on TV. So I thought this match, you know, fulfilled its purpose. It didn't exceed expectations, but I did enjoy it nonetheless because you had six great personalities within the ring. And it, you know, it got to shine to a certain extent, but it would be a matchup that I would like to see some time down the road on the actual television show versus a pay-per-view. And yeah, how'd you feel about it?
1: I thought it was a pretty good match. Um, you know, probably if, I, if it was out of five stars, I'd probably give it like, 2.75 maybe 3 stars um it, it's you know wasn't match of the night by any means by me uh, for me socal you know they actually impressed me this magic i think last podcast we recorded we had said that uh I, I had said that you know christopher daniels uh wasn't uh, impressing me to the extent that i was expecting him to but i think he really like uh stepped it up for this match in particular i don't know what it was but i i really I, I i was into what they were doing in this match um and overall this match was 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 fine the reason why i'm not like super super into this match is because um for me i'm not like in the cult following of luchasaurus i think he's fine i don't have a problem with him but like i'm not on the level where like i'm popping for him the way everyone else is um so like i was just expecting like he 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 had one one part in particular that sequence where he just went crazy and did that backflip at the end i was about Um, to say
0: that that was probably the highlight of the match was honestly his one sequence where he really went in
1: yeah yeah um but I, I hope that's just they're they're giving us like a sample of what else he can do because like um I, I just feel like they like for how much he's hyped up like i would want to see uh more of what he can do and same thing with marco stun i've seen like in the past he's had more i don't know just more of an important role and he just felt like he was kind of in the background for this match to me at least uh jungle boy same thing i was expecting a little more he did some cool stuff but like um, I, I don't know. Like they're just they're just such a, a team with such great talent that I was I honestly was expecting just a bit more. And honestly, even though I predicted Soul to win, I thought it would have been really nice if uh, Jurassic Express would have won this match.
0: Yeah, I, I did like all the different names they were also giving their tag team. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would have hoped that a boy a boy and his dinosaur another name that they referred to them as would have picked up the victory but i think it was more needed in scu's corner and i'm actually glad at the end of the day that scu did pick up that victory because it may give us a little more longevity with a feud like that um but the next match and i'm kind of surprised that this match actually went second on the card but i'm not surprised that it did because you know it had last second changes but Pac versus kenny omega this match was phenomenal um do i think it was perfect no I don't because you put this together you know very last second I'm sure they really didn't have a lot to work with but they made the best out of it little side note that I really enjoyed about this match is that well let's put it this way first so Pac got the victory by choking out Kenny Omega one I did not see that coming second I love that people in the crowd were actually shouting out oh my god you killed Kenny you bastard and it was like that's actually so fitting like (laughs) the bastard Pac choked out Kenny like he put him out cold and it's just like you killed him and it really has that full south park feel to it and it was just great i mean i really hope that they have a rematch down the line because if there's one thing that i think you and i could both agree on is that kenny omega cannot go down like this getting choked out so i think it leaves open that door for a rematch down the line but this match nonetheless i'd probably have to give it like a four four and a half out of five stars
1: yep i'd probably get a four and a half out of five uh Pac just delivered, like we like I expected him to. I knew he was going to be on Kenny's level. And, you know, Kenny was, like, kind of selling the whole, like, being off his game and everything. So they're clearly going to go into a storyline with that. And they're going to further that storyline with Kenny uh, having to, you know, have his redemption and work, climb his way back to the top where he once was. Um, so, you know, that's a fine storyline because there's, there's so much... to to tell with the story with Kenny and and the chase uh, with AEW in particular, there's a whole new set of eyes on the product uh, as opposed to when they were doing stuff in new Japan. So I think that's, that's the right way to go. And I think, you know, it, it, uh, this is the story they're going with. So him losing only for advances that storyline. And I think that his performance was enough to um, keep him, keep the crowd interested in his worth overall. I'm I'm excited to see where this goes and where it ultimately ends up. I can't wait until he wins the AEW championship inevitably at some point when that is and who that's against. I don't know, but it should be a lot of fun. Um, Pac, I want to see him as AEW champion one day and I want to see them fight again. I think that them not making this the best match they could have possibly made it. I'm sorry. I gave it a four and a half out of five. Uh, I didn't mean to give it that high. I would would probably just give it a straight up four out of five because I think they have the potential to down the line, um, make it five out of five, if not even higher than that. Honestly, since we're able to do that now, go higher than five out of five. So uh, with Pockville, he, he just, Obviously, delivered, he was able to match Kenny, in my opinion. His intensity, uh, his agility especially, man, he is so fucking fast, and he has so much strength also to match that speed. They're just two of the the most balanced restros overall, and just being – athletic, being strong, and being able to tell a story in the ring. Uh, The chemistry they have in ring, for I don't even know how much time they've been able to work on this, if they've been able to work on this uh, match, like how much playing they've been able to do on this match. But man, like for what they were given, seemingly not that much time, uh, they really fucking killed it. They really, really fucking impressed me. But like at the same time, I'm also not that surprised because I know how great they are. So yeah, fun match. I want to see more of this. I want to see Kenny come out on top one day and they, they. You can do. You can go in so many dimensions with this. You can do uh, whatever stipulation you want. You can give them anything, and they're both going to kill it because they're both two of the fucking
0: best. Th- this is a feud that you could honestly give the feeling like Gargano versus Cole, where it's just like you could do multiple yeah. two out of three falls matchups, and it could be like technically five, six, seven matchups, and you would not get tired of it because honestly these are two of the best wrestlers out right now and is it me or did Pac actually seem bigger than he did in WWE pretty much at this point
1: well when he was in 205 he was already looking so fucking ripped to me
0: he always looked jack don't get me wrong he always looked jack but I'm saying like the actual feeling of him he actually felt like he got bigger like it was like almost as if he was a heavyweight but he's still the same size
1: you know, I think it, it, it might be, he might have gained even more muscle mass, but the thing is, I think mostly it's the presentation. I think it's the fact that now he's with a bigger guy, Kenny, and he, it's his moveset. He's doing less of like, uh, the cruiserweight moves that he was doing before in the cruiserweight style. And now he's wrestling more of a heavyweight style. So I think it's definitely intentional. And the fact that you're saying that and noticing that, I think they, that's, that was, that's their plan. I think that's exactly what they want. So I think you're making them happy by saying that.
0: Yeah. Cause even, even Coach Jay pointed that out to me mid-show. He's like, dude, is it me or does Neville seem like he got bigger? And then I was like, well, first off, bro, it's Pac. So you got to get that right. But he, he did feel that way. Like as far as like seeing him in person and then even re-watching the match, you know, when I was on the flight home it really felt that way. Like he seems like not only did he actually physically gain mass, but it just felt like he was a bigger superstar, but definitely want to see this matchup once again, down the line, it would be something worth watching. Um, But the next match was by far one of the crazier matches of the night. You had the triple threat uh, cracker barrel clash, which was between Darby Allen, Joey Janela and Jimmy Havoc. You and I both actually picked Darby Allen to win this one. But with this surprise victory, and I think it's a surprise to both of us because both of us said that Jimmy Havoc was the guy that would probably put over other guys, picked up the victory. Now, the thing I think that took away from this match was that you had a couple of spots that were really off. Um, You know, it seemed like there could have been a little more points that were on point, no pun intended. Uh, but I actually really did enjoy this match. Nonetheless. I really like the fact that like Darby Allen was able to use like a nail ridden, uh, skateboard, which he is a skateboarder. So that's something pretty cool that they tied that in. Uh, you know, Jimmy Havoc pulled out the stapler, Joey Janela, you know, going with the, the tables and all the crazy shit as usual. I mean, it's just hard to ignore that this match was one of the better matches of the night. But I think the surprising thing here was that Jimmy Havoc actually pulled off the victory. So we got to wonder what's next with Jimmy Havoc.
1: I don't care if this match wasn't technically the best match of the night. It was my favorite match of the night. I love this match. It was a ton of fun for me. Um, I I love hardcore wrestling straight up. Uh, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like the guy who's like searching for all the death matches out there, I think. But when a good one comes around... It's awesome. And I think they really fucking killed it with this one. Like, they really made McFoley proud on this one. Um, I mean, all, all three of them. Seriously, I wanted Darby Allen and predicted Darby Allen to win this match. And I I'm, I can't believe I'm not even bummed that he didn't win because Jimmy Havoc deserved that win at the end of it because he did such a great job, and they all did. You could have gone either way with either of them winning. I don't know why they had Jimmy Havoc win, personally, but I, I honestly, I'm not mad about it because it was such a fun match that who cares? I... I yeah, that, that's all I have to say. It was fun. Um, I want to see more of all of them doing more hardcore stuff because this is clearly like this is their thing. They they really have mastered the craft in, in hardcore wrestling, so yes uh keep keep it coming
0: and i think that's the best way to leave it off was that this was definitely a fun match there was nothing really bad about the match per se other than a few missed spots Uh, but overall the match was just a lot of fun and now i'm just going to combine these next two matches because i didn't really think they were anything great i think they were very like filling matches uh the dark order defeating best friends the highlight of that was honestly orange cassidy making his debut And, you know, taking out the attacking creepers is what the Dark Order calls, you know, their little entourage. And then the best friends with that awkward hug, you know, with Orange Cassidy in the middle. And then you had the women's match between Ryo and then Hikaru Shida, uh, which you and I both previously talked about this, you know, over the weekend. And we mentioned that it was just a little sloppy with the ending, uh, but that the match still had a lot of great emotion to it. Both of these stars were like C, C-plus kind of matches to me. Um, But how did you feel about both of them?
1: Yeah, let me actually start with uh, the Rio versus Hikaru uh, Hikaru Shida match. Um, I thought Shida honestly should have won this match. And when she hit her backbreaker, I thought that looked like a nasty-ass backbreaker. And I kind of think she could used as a finisher and it would look really sick, especially on someone who's as tiny as Rio. Um, I thought Rio still looks a little green here. Honestly, if I'm being quite honest, I thought her roll up was kind of sloppy and the match, the the crowd was seeming to start to get into it near the end, but then it was a bit of a flat finish for everyone, I think. And I just think, um, you know, it it, it was on, on track of being a good match, but it just, it, I think it just missed the mark a little bit. So that's just my take on it. Um, Dark Order, man, I'm not into them at all. I'll just be honest with you, man. Um, I, I hear everyone say how great a wrestlers they are. I think they do some cool stuff, but I'm not invested right now. Maybe down the line I will be right now. I don't care about the gimmick. And when I don't care about the gimmick to this extent, when I think it's this tacky of a gimmick, it's hard for me to even care about and see how good of a wrestler um these wrestlers are so it it really they they gotta come up with something else because it's not working for me and i don't know how everyone else feels about that but i'm not into it at all uh best friends i think is fine i think they they serve their purpose but um not their best match that's all i'll say about that
0: i think that was a great way to put it honestly now I, i will say i am a fan of the dark order so far but i don't think this match really put them into a great light and i think Leading into TV, they got to really think of an angle that's going to shine a better light on them for people to understand what makes them a great tag team. Because I did think this match took a little bit away from them, but it took nothing away from best friends. I think they still got a great gimmick going. They're still over with the crowd. And then now with this Orange Cassidy ordeal that just happened, I think it only benefited best friends throughout this matchup. It benefited, you know, the Dark Order in the sense that they now have a first round bye match in the tag team tournament. But that's what I'm saying is that they kind of got to now fill that gap where they have that buy around with a little more personality for us to understand the Dark Order a little better. Uh, but we'll move on to the next match because the next three matches were honestly three of the better matches of the night. And we'll start it off with Cody versus Sean Spears. Now, Cody picked up the victory. I will say this may have been my favorite match of the night, possibly next to the latter match. Um, but that that's kind of me being biased because for those who may have seen on my Twitter, Or if you know what I look like, at least which a lot of you probably don't, but if you know what I look like and you saw on Cody's Twitter, he had a photo of him in the crowd and he ran right into like me and Coach Jay's section. He was I kid you not, no more than arm's length away from me. I probably could've reached out my arm, he probably could have reached out to mine and we could've touched each other's souls pretty much to put it that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a phenomenal match. They took it into the crowd, they brought in a lot of emotion. Arn Anderson fucking came out and still could hit one of the best spine busters i've ever seen um and he's probably what in his like 70s almost which is even crazier um you know you had mjf in this match facing off against Tolly blanchard which i thought was great did i think this was a five-star match probably not but there were a lot of great points in this match and i definitely enjoyed it nonetheless and you know with the obvious victory Cody definitely pulled this off and I still didn't even think it hurt Sean Spears in any way I think if anything it still leaves us wanting more from Sean Spears to know where he's going to go from here uh so if you had to ask me this match was probably like a a B plus match almost like a four and a half five star match but nonetheless it was still phenomenal
1: yeah, th- this match was a lot of fun for me. Uh, and even at that, I don't think this was even one of Cody's best matches. You know, this this versus, like, the uh, Cody versus Dustin match, it wasn't on that level, All right, That that match was, like, on... That was one of my favorite matches of the year and probably my favorite Dustin match ever and probably my favorite Cody match I've seen as well. Uh, but when it comes to this match, this was just a, a very good match. That So that's where I'll, I'll, I'll rate it with that. Just like a very good match. Um, I think Sean's presentation is much better than it was as Ty DeLonger. I think even the like, the small details, even as wearing the the pants, the long pants, as opposed to the Speedo trunks, I think even that makes him look more serious. It makes him look bigger. It seems like he's gotten bigger. I think he's been like getting even more jacked than before because he, he just looks more like a heavyweight now. Well, that, that's um, what I'm
0: saying, though, with how they're developing, like not even developing, how they're presenting this former WWE product is that they're really making them seem as if like they're they're that much better than they were in wwe because with wwe they kind of like contained their whole potential and it really took away from their characters and now they're they're pretty much being rebranded with no ceiling above them and they're able to exceed expectations and fulfill their potential and i think it's really paying off
1: yeah um so I just have a couple more things to comment about this, though. Um, with Sean, uh, one thing is, I've, I've seen a couple people like not be into the white contacts look. I, I personally love it. I think anything to freshen him, freshen him up is is good. I mean, not literally anything, but I think a small detail like that, I think that's fine. I think that, that makes him just have a different look to him. It, he needs to get out of that stale, Ty Dillinger feeling, and I think he effectively did that for me as someone who was not into Ty Dillinger at all. And liked this presentation of Sean and want to see more from him. I think that's kind of like the plan. I think that's that, that works for them. I think that's their intention. So um, I, I personally liked it and I got to give them credit. Whoever is doing um, their, their, uh, the ring gear is doing an awesome job. This looks like WWE looking ring gear. Like the aesthetics between Cody and, and Sean's colors. I think they just, I love when a match looks aesthetically pleasing in colors. I, I, this was my favorite match as far as like ring gear goes. Cause I just, I think that both of them would just look like so much more important than like WWE was putting them out. I think just like AEW is really starting to find their footing as far as uh, presentation for the stars they really want to push so um this match was a lot of fun like i said not the best match i've ever seen or anything but great match um Arne anderson amazing fucking spinebuster. what the hell is that like seriously i would i was I, I popped for that and uh mjf looks like a million bucks as always um sean spears i just worry i don't want him to get stale i don't want him to get lost in the shuffle so i hope that he and AEW as a whole the uh, the jacksons and cody they all have a plan to kind of um, know where to take him to the next level because I think I'm starting to see um, a lot of potential in Sean and I I, I do think though it starts with um, more of, of a unique move set I think he does need to come up with uh, some some moves that are a bit more memorable because uh, for me it, it, I, I get lost in that I, I, for me it was more about the story the presentation and overall Cody's performance in general um, it, it was it was both of them like I said this wasn't Cody's match, best match or anything so it was definitely it takes two uh, for it to work but then you also have you know uh, what's going on on the outside of the rings as well um so you know um like i said good match and i want to see more from sean and cody it'll be interesting where they're going what route they're going with him because i don't under i don't really know where they're going with cody but it'll be fun to see where 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 they're headed
0: no absolutely and i I think one of the biggest things you pointed out was the ring gear too honestly i even told coach jay you know while cody was coming out I loved his his ring gear. I even loved Ty Dillinger. I'm sorry. Let me take that back. Sean Spears. I'm so used to saying their former names. Um, But I loved both of their ring gear. But Cody's especially really caught the eye. And I definitely loved that. Um, But this match, nonetheless, was still great. Touched up on a lot of emotions. And yeah, I mean, it definitely fulfilled its purpose to the fullest and exceeded most of the expectations. Few spots that could have been a little better, like when uh, Earl Hebner took the belt away from from uh sean and then sean got another belt and then earl turns around and just doesn't do anything about that belt i thought that was a little weird but other than you know a few things like that this match was still great nonetheless and it led in perfectly to the next match which was the ladder match for the triple a tag team championships the lucha bros did defeat the young bucks and you and i both said that that was the best thing that could have potentially happened um but with that being said, this was definitely, in my opinion, the match of the night full of a lot of action, a lot of emotion, a lot of energy. The crowd was there for it all. And I mean, you, you saw some of the craziest spots ever during it. I would probably say that these may be some of the craziest spots that I've seen both of these teams take. And let alone that Phoenix was just coming off of a potential crazy injury. Uh, It definitely, you know, was causing worry leading into the match, but they all definitely shined through this match and it definitely showed to be the best match of the night.
1: Yeah, I I actually don't know if I agree with that. It it wasn't uh, the best match of the night to me personally, um, but it might just come down to a preference. I recognize um, how impressive a lot of these spots are and the Young Bucks really, and the Lucha Bros both, They are really on top of the game when it comes to athleticism and doing these crazy spots and flipping. Um, For me, though, the problem is it looks a little too choreographed for me personally. And I just I wish there was a little more of um, a raw authenticity to uh, their matches sometimes, in particular the Young Bucks. Um, for me they're not my favorite team I recognize how talented they are and I I understand how much they've changed the wrestling world Um, and and I respect that completely but just for me and my personal taste their matches haven't always clicked with me and while I recognize it and I I enjoy the match um, it's not one of my favorites I still put uh, Pac and Kenny's match I still put um the uh cracker barrel clash match i still put chris jericho's match and cody's match above these this match for me and and just my preference i guess um it, it's like i said it has to do with just the chore- choreographed it just seems a little too choreographed for me um in a lot of like some of the same spots that we've seen the young Bucks do a lot of the times um with that being said, there was things I did like about it. Um, I first of all, Pentagon's presentation. I love his look. the The colors that they chose for him uh, looked really, really cool. And I just, I, I always like uh, how Pentagon looks. I always like how he comes out and what he does with his gear. So I just wanted to say that I' I'm a big fan of that. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. Um, I thought it was a lot of like um, rope heavy and and ladder heavy spots. And I just wanted to, like to see like a little more like actual technical wrestling. And I, I don't know, like when I've seen uh, what Pentagon can do and what uh, Phoenix can do outside, like I've seen Phoenix in, um, in Lucha Underground and then like when we've seen like Pentagon versus Kenny, I don't know. There was just like, there's something different with like those matches that I saw from those wrestlers and um, it just wasn't there for me, I guess. And I, like I said, maybe it's just me and, and that's fine if it is, but um, that's where I'm at with that match. So it was a good match. I just didn't think it was an amazing match.
0: Sorry about the delay there. I'm actually also mid-fantasy football draft as well, but I agree with you on that match. It definitely had, you know, a lot of great spots. I want to say this was my favorite match in the sense of just a personal favorite. Uh, Not that I thought it was the best match with the best quality to it, but I would want to say that my favorite part of this match was when, well, now what we'll call the team formerly known as LAX came out Because that was a great way to debut them. Because a lot of people were thinking that they were going to debut on AEW TV as Chris Jericho's mystery tag partners, which they may still do so. Um, But I think they need to establish themselves as a team versus them being like Chris Jericho's lackeys. And that's where I really liked how this match ended. Because it kind of filled that void of what was actually missing during the match itself. And I really enjoyed that part, just like the way they came out and everything and the masks because they have that kind of like gang style to them. Um, and it's just how they came out it was just really perfect. Could have probably been a little bit better, but I just like the execution of it a lot. Um, but then it, it led in perfectly. Once again, I, I love the transition of the last three matches from Cody and Sean to the latter match and now into the main event. Now, Chris Jericho versus Hangman Adam Page. I think it was a little over the top that Hangman came out on a horse, um, but this match I really did like it. A lot of people I think were you know undermining this match in the quality it you know had potential for, and a lot of people were trying to throw Chris Jericho under the bus because he's forty nine, and people wanted to assume because he's forty nine he shouldn't have the title belt because that's what WWE always does. But you're talking about chris jericho did chris jericho ever like stop for a significant amount of time wrestling and then came back and won the title on an immediate basis no he never really did if anything he's only taken like a year or two off max with still having matches in between some way somehow or appearances some way somehow so you can't put chris jericho into like a category of a goldberg where goldberg comes back and Goldberg is winning a belt on an immediate basis after not wrestling, what was it, 12, 13, 14 years kind of situation? Chris Jericho is still Chris fucking Jericho. He is a phenomenal wrestler. And for 49 years old, you would never think that he's 49 years old. You would think that he's still in his late 30s, early 40s, and he could still wrestle. He keeps up with these young guys. Adam Hangman Page is only 28 years old. We all have to remember that. He's only 28 years old. They have a 20 year difference between each other, 21 years. Chris Jericho still has it. Now, the thing is this Chris Jericho being the first champion, I loved right after the match that he cut that promo where he's just walking around the back telling people, oh, congratulations that you have Chris Jericho as your champion, stupid idiots, all that stuff. Telling even the paramedics, and these are legit paramedics that he told, where were you when I was bleeding to death? And then, it, you know, he kind of rides off into the sunset leading into the AEW TV debut. Now, breaking news today, just about like an hour or two before we actually started recording. Reports tell us that Chris Jericho lost or had the title belt stolen from him at a Longhorn Steakhouse. With that being said, Cody Rhodes, I want to say I agree with you 100%. I prefer Outback Steakhouse any day over Longhorn. Um, But let's go with this. Uh, So we, we previously discussed this before the show started, right? Wrong answers only. Who stole the belt from Chris Jericho? Who do you think? drake maverick drake maverick with the 24 7 title mistake um if i had to guess and I'm, i'm not saying that this is my guess but one of the first things i actually read was that plot twist that ted dibiase bought the belt off of him and will debut on AEW when the tv show starts up but obviously that's just a joke if i had to say wrong answers only i'm going with actually shane mcmahon Shane McMahon stole the belt at a Longhorn Steakhouse because who would expect a McMahon to be at a Longhorn? And then on top of that, Shane McMahon is the best in the world, right? So I think Shane McMahon would be a good uh, wrong answer only at that point.
1: Uh, well, I'm glad it's a wrong answer. That's all i <laughs> Yeah, that. I
0: would, I would um, never want that to happen. I don't want Shane McMahon to win any titles.
1: Yeah, no, it, like, we can't even rule that out of the question. But uh, let's not talk about Shane Van anymore. I'm, I'm just going to give uh, my thoughts on the Chris Jericho match now. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Adam Page. Uh, it, was a, it was a good match. Um, I thought it could have been a little better, honestly. Um, more so, Chris Jericho, I, I forgive a little more. But Adam Page, to me, man, I don't know what it is. But it, he's not clicking with me. I, I've given him a lot of chances. I've watched a lot of his matches. I've watched a lot of matches that people say, oh, watch this match. This is a great match from him. And I just I he has a ceiling for me. I, I don't see him as a top guy. I I'm sure AEW is going to give him the championship one day. I don't think for now. I don't think he's he should have that title. I don't think he'll elevate it. Um, maybe one day he'll prove me wrong. You know, that's that's happened before in the past. That you know, I've been wrong about certain wrestlers before. Um, but it, it's just for me at least. I'm not I'm not seeing it. It's, something's not connecting. I don't know if I just don't get the gimmick. I don't like the the horse thing. I don't know if I just don't understand it because I'm not getting enough context. I I haven't been watching him since the beginning. I haven't always followed him. um, And I've only been following him really since like AEW and maybe a couple matches from before then. But as a whole, I just don't think he delivers when he's put on that platform. And I think other wrestlers, when they're given a spotlight, they are able to just take the ball and run with it. But for me, at least Adam page, I, I I'm not seeing it. And I would love if anyone's like, if anyone has, like, you know, a certain thing that, that they can point to me to, like, make me see it or something, I, I you know, always welcome to recommend whatever match or whatever. But from what I have seen, I just I'm, – I'm not into it. And I I want to – I always want to give a wrestler the benefit of the doubt because I think they're in a position for a reason. But is this um, – is he in the position he is because he's friends with Cody and the Bucks or is it because he truly delivers on these matches and puts on main event level matches
0: um i i know what you mean it's kind of like hard to comment on that now i think with due time he'll put on the main event style matches that everybody hopes for him to put on especially you know the people in his corner within the AEW company but you know, at this very time, it's just like that's why you can't just strap him with the belt yet. You could put him in the matchup and it elevates him, right? But it's nothing solidified just yet. We needed to give it a little more time. Let a feud actually develop between him and Jericho with TV because you already know Jericho's great on a microphone. That will only elevate Hangman's microphone skills if you put them going back and forth week after week on a microphone. And then leading into the next pay per view, that helps both of them. But it's just kind of hard to get that grasp, yeah, me, you know? Yeah,
1: and let me just say: um, Hangman Page is a, is a good wrestler, and he did have moves that were impressive, but the problem is he doesn't stand out for me. There's other wrestlers that do what he does, and they just stand out so much better to me. They just have more of a star potential, and I just think it's just weird. I guess, like, I don't mean to appease so hard on him and say that he's not, uh, you know, a main event level player, but. I just think it was a little soon to put him in that spot. And that's why I say, like, is it because uh, he's had, like, kind of um, a success by association, you know, with Cody, Kenny, and uh, the Young Bucks having so so much success and him being, uh, you know, tied in with them? Is that why he's there in that particular moment? Um, because like, I just, I don't know, like when you have someone like, and and I could, and I look, I'm not saying why you need to put it on him. There's other circumstances why, um, but you have someone like Pac or you have someone like Cody, you have, you have a whole bunch of other wrestlers who could have been your first champion or, or not even your first champion, just someone who could have gone against Chris Jericho. And it just, I think it would have made for a more fitting main event. If you want that to be your first main event and your first title match. And I know they're still trying to work out the kinks. I know they're still, they're going to have a lot to, to learn from. Um, I just, you know, it is also at the same time important, um, first impressions are important. And I just thought, you know, for someone, if you're trying to make this a a new product, that's, uh, drawing away the WWE viewer, or at least trying to get also someone who watches WWE it's to me, that's a hard, uh, mainstream main event. That's a hard match to sell Chris Jericho. Yeah. That's someone that a bunch of old school fans have heard about Adam page. If you haven't been keeping up with the product lately, why should you really be invested in Adam page?
0: Yeah, it's that's why I'm saying like it's you know he's a young guy, he has a lot of potential, he has plenty of time to turn that around and we we really just got to give it that course of time. And that that's all we could really give him at this point. I think they really tried strapping the rocket onto him a little too early. I think they could have probably saved the Double or Nothing match between Jericho and Kenny for something like this and maybe had that Hangman Jericho matchup back at Double or Nothing kind of switch the roles at that point. But then again, we probably wouldn't get Moxley versus Omega or Pac versus Omega at that point. You know, I, I I'm not I'm not upset with Adam Page being on the main title, but I think it's just a little too soon at this point. But give him no less than a year; he could definitely work his way there. Um, I. I, I, I
1: and I have no doubt, I have no doubt about that. Uh, it, it, it's like you were saying, it's a little too soon, and I just need yeah. a story. I need a real story to develop into Just me, give me the, the content.
0: That's there. all I really need is just give me the content, and I could definitely buy into it a little easier rather than you just strapping the rocket on him before your TV show even starts. This is a guy that really doesn't have a lot of, you know, rapport, I guess would be the best way to put it. Like with the crowd. Like, yeah, he has rapport in the match making sense you know in like his in-ring ability but like i'm talking about like a real storyline being drawn out and on like on a weekly basis i think that would be a better chance and that's why this was best for business and putting the belt on jericho especially creating that prestige for the aew title you kind of need to start it off with that because When you just put it on a young guy, then it's like, well, where's the credibility? You kind of feel in that sense that the title's more of like an impact championship or, you know, NWA Ring of Honor style championship. If you want real prestige on the belt, like as if like, hey, this AEW world title not only looks great, but it holds a lot of value with who has held it in the past. You started off with a guy like Chris Jericho.
1: Yeah, and um you know, I do want to give uh, Hangman, Page, Hangman Page more of a chance when, you know, they start doing actual TV tapings. And I would like to see a different story for them and, and really see what – and like not push them in that main event scene – let him chill in the background for a bit you know because like if he can if he's a main event player then he can get back up there no problem like for sure because that's that's what happens to all these great wrestlers you know they're they're at that level one day and then they're not but they can work their way back to it so like he definitely uh, proved himself but I think the problem here also is I just don't think Chris Jericho and Adam Page have the best in-ring chemistry I think even Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega they just had way more chemistry there it was just they, they were able to make something really special. And I, I just think, like I, like I keep saying, I don't mean to repeat this over and over, but um, when this is your first main event of your first title. Or at least
0: a major um, one.
1: Your first award title yeah your first world title um that's that's why i i I just don't think this was the right match to do it with that being said um i think others would disagree with me and that's fine i'm just saying this that's that's yeah
0: we always got to take it back and now that you know we're looking to wrap it up it's always great to take it back with this this show is based on opinions it's not a, a show based on rumors or anything like that. It's just simply our opinions. We're wrestling fans providing a wrestling perspective on what we love. And that's all it simply is. But with that being said, Kev, uh, you know I think we got another great episode on our hands. It's been a great time chatting about both of these shows. We had two phenomenal shows this weekend, let alone they were on the same day. And it's only a telling of things to come of what I would hope. Um, we got AEW TV literally starting now officially in less than one month because now it's September 3rd by the time this comes out, you know, it'll be tomorrow, but still October 2nd is the first episode of AEW TV. So we're less than a month away from that mark. We're less than a month away now from WWE getting onto, uh, you know, Fox we're less than, uh, I want to say two weeks now away from actually probably a little, I think it's 15 days from now, right? It's on the 18th that, NXT will be on USA. So, you know, wrestling is definitely heading into a great direction. And these two shows are the definition of that, if you were to ask me, the potential that wrestling is going to hold within the coming time. Um, but anything you want to tell the people before we wrap it up, Kev?
1: Um, nope. Other than just to follow us on social media, especially on Twitter. That's where we're most active on, at Smartcast, S M A R K A S T. And always. Um, Remember, guys, um, whenever you're listening, feel free to tweet us your opinions, anything you want to talk about. Uh, we're here for, uh, for pretty much fun wrestling discussion, just to hear different takes and, uh, hear different opinions and perspectives and basically just discuss wrestling, what we like and what we don't like about shows, how, how they could be better. So if you want to join on the discussion, just always, uh, you can always go and reach out to us on Twitter or on Instagram or wherever else you can find us and, Uh, like we said before, you can find us on uh, most.
0: Absolutely. And uh, with that being said, guys, we definitely encourage that you try to interact with us as much as possible. As Kevin said, we are very active on Twitter and make your opinions valued. I mean, you know, a lot of people put out their opinions. They feel like no one hears it. Talk with us. We're definitely here for all that. So be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at smartcast at S M A R K A S T We'll catch you on the next one, and we do hope everybody has a great day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, but we'll catch you next time.